In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The text is taken from Acts chapter 3. I call your attention to the words taken from our text. Acts 3 verses 19 to 21. St. Peter speaks to the crowd. Repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things, about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. This is our text. Last week was the anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic, and I just saw a documentary or some other movie about that ship. After hitting the iceberg, the ship had a few hours before it sank. But during those few hours, many people were lost because they did not know what to do. And this was because they did not understand the situation, or in some cases, they would not believe the situation until it was too late. Well, our world is sinking. All of us will die, whether we believe it or not. As those who call Jesus Christ our Lord, we have a responsibility to our captain and to our fellow travelers in this world to urge them to forsake the big ship with its illusions of comfort and unsinkability, to climb into the lifeboat of the church. And in our text, St. Peter shows us how to do this. In our text, Acts 3, St. Peter interpreted events to the people. He called on them to repent, that is, to turn to God for forgiveness. He promised that Christ would come to each one of them. And he said that Christ would come to restore all things. Now in the first place, Peter interpreted events to the crowd. In this case, they'd heard that this lame man was walking again. They wanted to know what was happening, what was going on, how had this come about. And the fact is that all people look for meaning. We want to understand life. We want to understand the exceptions and exceptionabilities of life. We want to know the meaning of our own experiences and what happens to us. And Peter saw the opportunity to interpret life to the crowd. And you and I are called to do that as members of Christ's church. We can help people find meaning, meaning in Christ. For that's the point of the Christian gospel, that we understand God's grand plan where we are going, that it's time to desert the sinking world and embrace God's gift of unending life, a gift that comes only through the cross and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
We can help people find that meaning in Christ first in our deeds. For example, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. There are many things that we can do that will help people find meaning in Christ. But that one was so important that our Lord put it in the prayer that we recite daily. And what more powerful witness to the gift of forgiveness we have in Christ than that we forgive those who sin against us. And there are many deeds by which we show our faith in Christ, our care for the poor, our eagerness to honor God with our worship, our time, our talent, our treasure. We can help people find meaning in Christ through our deeds. And then we can help them find that meaning in our speech what some Christians call our witness. Now I put the deeds first because people have got to believe you, see that you're genuine before they'll listen to what you have to say. As St. Peter says, be ready to give an explanation for the hope you have within you. When people see that your hope is placed in Christ, that you live not selfishly, but for him who died for you. They're going to want to know. They're going to want to understand. Maybe they'll even want to share the meaning that you have found in our Lord Jesus Christ, in his death and resurrection. Now, not only did P Peter interpret events for the crowd, but he called on them to repent, to receive forgiveness. You know, people look for leaks when it's raining. That is to say, when something is going wrong, people start to ask why. They're open to an explanation when things don't work out as they expect. When people are asking that crucial question, what did I do wrong? That is our opportunity to suggest repentance, turning to the Lord for instruction on how to live and what to expect. Now, we don't accuse. Oh, there is a prophetic office of laying accusation in the name of the Lord, but that's not for the ordinary Christian to do, that's not what pastors do as a rule. But we are to help people understand their self-accusation. Because people will accuse themselves when things go wrong. And then they are open to an explanation to what really is right and wrong. Is are my feelings always right when I feel guilty or are there others in my life who make me feel guilty for doing the right thing just as there are others who make me feel good about doing the wrong thing. That's why we must turn to God for guidance, for understanding and for forgiveness. And that's what repentance means. The base word in the Greek is to turn, to turn to God, to change your mind, 
Now the first time you do this might be called conversion. Just as the first time you enjoyed the intimacies of married life we might call the honeymoon. But it's part of a continuing relationship. For we sin daily and we must repent daily. We must be constantly turning to God. And when people are turning to God, Peter promised that Christ would come to them. He came in the flesh to die and rise for our salvation. He comes to us individually in the word and sacrament. Now there are some Christians who in their witness encourage you to pray and that's a good thing. But let's not misunderstand prayer. It's not because we look into our hearts. It's not because we ask or beg. But in prayer, we call to mind the word of God, the word that we have heard, the word that we have memorized, the word that has touched our hearts, the word in the prayers that we have memorized, such as the Lord's prayer, which itself is the word of God. And so our prayer becomes a dialogue with God. He speaks to us through his word and we respond to it in prayer. That's why prayer is such a powerful means of putting us in touch with God's grace. For he comes to us in the word and the sacraments with forgiveness of sins, with guidance and enlightenment. And more than this, he has promised to come at the end to take us to himself. Now, Christians don't make a big distinction between our death or the last day, the world's end, because it doesn't matter. It's a paradox. But when we die, we will go straight to that final day. There are some who are at the final day sooner than we, and yet we all appear at the same time. And that's where Christ will welcome us as his brothers and sisters, for he has gone to prepare a place for us. That's why Peter says in our text that he is up in heaven for a time. He is preparing the place for all those whom he has redeemed and who have received his message. And finally, Peter promised that Christ would return from there to restore all things. He comes to make our lives right. For as long as we live on earth, as much as we practice our Christian faith, we must admit to ourselves we have a long way to go, that our hearts are not perfected in the love of God or the love of neighbor. And so he has promised to come to make our lives right, that we may delight in those things that are truly praiseworthy and finally forsake those earthly desires that deceive us and hold us back. But more than this, he will come to make all creation right. As it says in Romans chapter 8, the created world stands on tiptoe waiting for the revelation of the children of God. For you see, the creation 
was itself defaced in our fall into sin and is restored in the final coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and the resurrection of all flesh. This faith in our Lord Jesus Christ is expressed in Luther's explanation to the third article of the Catechism. Most of us memorize this. Luther wrote, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way he calls, gathers, enlightens and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day, he will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. May this faith, proclaimed by Peter in our text, confessed by Christians century after century, sustain you in the hope of eternal life and give you guidance for what to do in the meantime. Amen. And he that has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.